Are you ready, Ma? I'm ready, Erin. Let's go. Let's go to 1958 Mississippi. Oh. Yeah. How about you go? Uh, good <laughs> idea. I'll stay here. That's really a pretty good idea. <laughs> you can just send me a postcard. We uh, And it was September when they filmed it in Mississippi. Oh, We are doing the long, hot summer. It is a riveting tale of life in the Deep South. Ben Quick, a suspected barn burner, drifts into town and catches the eye of Will Varner, a tyrannical and intimidating patriarch who decides Ben is the ideal husband for his spinsterish daughter. She was 23! She was 23! <laughs> My gosh, spinsterish. Okay. She looked like she was just enjoying life to me. But well, as long as Papa was in the hospital. True. When he came home, she wasn't enjoying life anymore. She had a job. Until. Okay, particulars, please. So The Long Hot Summer. It was released April 3rd, 1958. Directed by Martin Ritt. He also did The Black Orchid, HUD, The Spy Who Came In From The Cold, Hombre, The Great White Hope, and Norma Ray, to name a few. It was produced by Jerry Wald, or Jerry Wald, if you're German. He also produced Mildred Pierce, Humoresque, Key Largo, Peyton Place, An Affair to Remember, and Return to Peyton Place, among others. The screenplay was by the husband and wife team of Irving Ravitch who also, and Harriet Frank Jr., who is still alive. She's 102 years old. And I laughed for five minutes because I saw like Harriet Frank Jr. What is that a guy named Harriet? And then on, when I looked it up on Wikipedia, I clicked on her. I'm like, no they were married it's a woman and then the first line of her bio it's like you know daughter of Harriet senior <laughs> and so I was like I oh. I, I laughed for a long time when I realized that women could be juniors and <laughs> I had no idea I, I'm like that's hilarious <laughs> I've never heard of a woman junior. I could have been Mary Elizabeth Bush Jr. You could have been. <laughs> you just called me junior. Oh, my God. Oh, You're man. welcome. <laughs> I think it's what I think it. Thank goodness I learned about this now. Because if I had known when I was younger, things might have been different. Just, just to have a laugh. Oh my god, junior! <laughs> I think that there should be more women juniors now. Uh, I think there will be. I just, I love it. All right, Harriet Frank Junior. I'm, I gotta go into a deep dive on this because it's hilarious to me. I, you were almost a junior, ma. Almost. You, I mean. It's, it's, I wonder if that had 
like is that why you have a different middle name so you wouldn't be a junior um i hope so because <laughs> i man really if only you had been Catherine, then you could have been a junior yeah <laughs> could you see me as kathy no you would go by cat you'd be you'd be cat okay oh man hilarious I guess I'm the only one who <laughs> finds this as funny <laughs> as I do. Because I find it really funny. Anyway, they huh. also wrote The Sound and the Fury, HUD, Norma Ray, uh, Murphy's Romance, Hombre. So um, it's based on three different works by William Faulkner. Remember, he did the screenplay for To Have and To Have Not and The Big Sleep that we did. So these, it's mostly based off 1940s The Hamlet. That's where the name was taken. They changed, that's where the Long Hot Summer name came from the book The Hamlet. They changed the name of the movie to The Long Hot Summer and not The Hamlet because there's already been a work that, like Hamlet owns the block, you know. You can't really name other works Hamlet. That's true. Shakespeare's kind of like, this is my corner. Get the fuck off. You know? Yeah. Pretty much. Shakespeare protects his house. So the other novels were 1931's novella Spotted Horses and 1939's short story Barn Burning. Okay. The music is by Alex North. He also did the music for A Streetcar Named Desire, Spartacus, Cleopatra, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, The Misfits, Prizzy's Honor, and Good Morning Vietnam, just to name a few. Wow. The director of photography is Joseph Lachelle, or Lachelle. He won the Oscar for Best Black and White Cinematography for Laura. He also shot The Apartment, Irma Irma La Dolce, Mm -hmm. The Fortune Cookie, Barefoot in the Park. He also did the first episode of The Twilight Zone. Hmm. It was edited by Louis R. Loeffler. He also did Laura, Anatomy of a Murder, The Cardinal, How to Marry a Millionaire. Starring (laughs) Paul Leonard Newman as Ben Quick. He was 33. And this was his breakout role. Ah. He had already made, this was his sixth movie that he made. But this was the one that put him on the map. In mm-hmm. 1958, he also did The Left-Handed Gun and then Cat on a Hot Tin Roof yeah, and then Rally Round the Flag Boys and then 1959, The Young Philadelphians and then 1960, From the Terrace and also that year, Exodus and then in 1961, The Hustler. Ah, okay. Orson Welles as Will Varner. You know Orson Welles, Citizen Kane. He was also in The Third Man, Touch of Evil, and Casino Royale. Joanne Woodward as Clara Varner. 1957, she did The Three Faces of Eve, which we did. And then she did No Down Payment. Then she did this movie. Then she did Rally Round the Flag Boys. Then she did The Stripper. And also Rachel Rachel and Breathing Lessons. Hmm. 
and a lot more stuff. Anthony Francosa. Frank 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 Francosha. No, Francisco. Francisca. Francisca as yeah. Jody Varner. He was married to Shelley Winters from 1957 and 1960. So in this movie, he's married to Sh- Sh- Spit it out. Shelley Winters. Interesting, because, nerd alert, his wife in this movie happens to be Lee Remick, but they wanted Shelley Winters to do it. Interesting. I don't remember why she didn't. He, okay. He was also in a face in the crowd across 110th Street in the drowning pool. We have Lee Remick, who you said played Eula Varner. She was in Days of Wine and Roses, A Face in the Crowd, Anatomy of Murder and the Omen. Angela Lansbury as a mini little John. Remember, she was in Gaslight. Also, the picture of Dorian Gray, the Manchurian candidate, and Frankly, we all know her for Murder, She Wrote. Murder, She Wrote. And William Bill Walker, he was Lucius. He was the reverend in To Kill a Mockingbird. He was also in Raintree County and The Twilight Zone and Rawhide and Good Times and What's Happening. So there you have it, the particulars. Outstanding. Well, the film opens with a barn burning. And at this point, we don't know that uh, Ben is a barn burner or, or an accused barn burner. But we see a barn burning. And then we see a general store. And there is a makeshift court in the general store. And a farmer is accusing Ben of burning his barn. And since there are no eyewitnesses, they can't prove it. The judge says for him to leave the county and never come back. So he gets on a barge going down the river, which I am going to assume was the Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And the song, The Long Hot Summer, comes on while they do the um, credits. Now, is this a, oh, was that a hit? Or... Uh it was 58. I was six years old. So it wasn't a big enough hit that you remember it. I don't. Yeah, it seemed very forgettable to me. It was forgettable. Um, so he jumps off and he walks to the shore and he's a hitchhiker and he's a hitchhiker for either direction. So he doesn't have any place to go. Um, two women pick him up in a convertible. The younger one is continuously talking. We find out that is going to be Eula Varner. And the driver is Clara, her and their sister-in-laws. Clara and Eula's husband are brother and sister. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, she, Clara makes sure to tell him, we're giving you a ride and that's all. That's all we're doing. So Clara is a school teacher. And she didn't want to pick him up because you shouldn't pick up hitchhikers. I don't know. Um, uh, because, um, oh, anyway, is telling him she's a school teacher. She didn't want to pick you up because she's, you know, all 
matronly and such. Oh, they drive AKA into- she's smart. Yeah. Uh, ben gets out of the car. They drive into town and he sees Werner's store. And he says, oh, Werner must own everything around here. Well, he does and- because the sign when they come up, it says a name. It's like Frenchman's Ben. But then the signs to all the stores and everything, it's all Varner. So I'm saying, why is it called Frenchman's Ven- Why isn't it called Varner Town? Varnerville. Varnerville. Um, I don't know. But the uh, Euless says, yeah, um, we belong to Varner. So... Um, we most specifically belong to Varner. So he goes to the town hall and there are men sitting outside and he asks, how's the man supposed to make a living around here? And they ask, do you want it legal or illegal? They say there's a farm around the turn up there that belongs to Varner and he wants somebody to work it. Okay. Now we are to the big house, the Varner big house. And um, it looks a lot like the big house from Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Well, it's a plantation. True. So Eula, the younger daughter, is in love with Jody. Jody is the son. Well, they're married, aren't they? Yes, they are. But they are they are uh, always playing around, chasing each other, and they're in lust. Well, downstairs, Clara is entertaining Agnes, her friend, and Agnes is just Agnes is also twenty three. She says we're going on twenty five. Twenty three is going on twenty five, and saying there just any aren't any men. And Clara says, it's not a shortage of men. It's just not the right kind of men. And um, she said, you know, one time, and, and Agnes said, have you ever been engaged? And she said, yeah. One time a guy called on me and, you know, he, we were going to get married until he met my father. Dun, dun, dun. Then he didn't come around anymore. Well, while this is happening on the veranda, Ben is walking up the lawn. And Claire just dismisses him. And he says he wants to see the man of the house. So we meet Lucius, who is the... um, The butler? Butler. Couldn't find that word. (laughs) Our first person of color. Um, And Agnes is saying, every single girl we went to school with is married with children. So Lucius takes um, Ben inside and calls for Jody because Ben asked to see the head of the household, I guess. And Jody is the head of the household right now because Big Daddy, he's not called Big Daddy in this, is uh, getting out of the hospital today. He's been in the hospital for, what, five months? I don't know. I didn't really understand that part. But yeah, I guess he's been away. So Eula runs down the steps in her little in her little slip and her little summer robe, and Jody 
says, we're talking business here. And he smacks her bottom and says, run back upstairs. And she giggles and does. And he says he's going to work the farm. He's going to, so he's going to be a sharecropper. Right. Well, he leaves and Lucius has to look at this rug that he stepped on. Because remember, he came out of the river. Well, and also because, so I don't know if people know how sharecropping works, but you know, when the South lost to the United States of America, and it was, says um, you no longer have a free workforce, you have to pay people now and treat them as human, the human beings that they are. They, the plantation owners had to they're like well we have this land um so what they did is they did sharecropping where you say that you're gonna work the land the people the plantation owners pay you but then you end up having to pay the um sharecroppers like rent because they have all the land yeah you're paying the owners the plantation owners imagine they have all this land you're gonna work this land you get to live on the land um you know the land gets worked and stuff they pay you for your farming but then since you're living there they're like um rent and then in the foreigner's case they own everything in the town so all the all the food that you're gonna eat and everything you have to end up paying it back to them so it's a tough life. Yeah. You're not, you're, you're continue. And you know how, um, owners are and whatnot. They find little, little, all these ways to nickel and dime you. So you're always, uh, owing them. Right. So they figured out a way where, okay, we have to pay you, but not really because you're going to, oh, well, you owe us for this and this and this and this. So, you know, they take it, take it, take it, take it. It's like how, what Jennifer Lopez says at the end of the movie Hustlers. Yep. Well, it reminded me of uh, the girls working at the club and they had to give this guy money to keep him safe and give this guy money for um, being able to perform on their stage, they get paid, but then they end up giving almost all of it back yeah. into the club. It's like, oh, well, you know, you have to rent this, and then, well, well, you had a drink, and that's however much, and so it's always, you know, taxes, basically. But instead of going to the government, it's going to someone else. Someone's hand's always in your pocket. Well, um... It, Claire is going to have none of this. Lucius is not going to clean this rug. Claire and a young black boy are carrying the rug rolled up to the sharecropper farm. And she says, she rolls out the rug and says, you tracked it, you clean it. And I want it back before five o'clock tonight. So she is um, a woman of principle. Fiery. She got a fiery backbone. And nobody's going to walk all over her. I would expect nothing less from a Joanne Woodward character. And um, he's he's going, yeah, yeah, you just wanted to see me again. And she's going, I do not need a, 
I am not anxious to have another aggressive man in my life. Okay. So then we have, so we had two people of color mm -hmm. and then we have three people of color sitting on a bench. Oh, I counted five. Okay. And um, Mr. Varner is in a police car and the siren is going as they're going through town and he's yelling, I'm back, I'm back. Now I'm back, bitches! So he stops by to see Minnie. Minnie runs a boarding house. That's Angela Lansbury. And um, they have a little um, thing going on. Yes, she's his mistress. <sighs> I don't know how she can... Okay, he's that's a large. The, that's, he's, he's, yeah, he is, but well, we'll get to it later. Okay. Well, everyone is running to meet him. They he finally pulls up to the house. Everybody runs to meet him. Um, and Jody's son, it's time for Eula to be get, making maternity clothes. He calls Claire sister. I don't you know like who, it. I that. Oh my gosh. That made me feel so uncomfortable. I forgot to put it on my battery heatables. Yeah, but me too. You know how like some people will call their significant other daddy, and I'm like, that's disgusting and weird, and no. Um, but you see that a lot, right? It was way it more disturbing though that he called his daughter sister. I thought so too. I was just like. This is, is that a Southern thing? Because, and are we being like, re, like racist kind, like not really racist, but are we like, would we think it was just as weird if it was a black guy calling his black daughter sister? Because I don't think that's as weird, but that's because it's a whole cultural thing. So yeah. is it a we cultural might be being thing? Culturalist, cultural yeah, maybe we're being culturalist. Um, I think that Big Daddy in Cat on a Hot Tin Roof called. Well, this, I mean, come on, you're uh, spoiling the tasty nuggets. Okay. Mo okay. Moving on. It, it was, it was, uncom it's uncomfortable to me. Yeah, anyway. It was very uncomfortable, but a lot of just Orson Welles was uncomfortable, which we'll get to later. Yeah, it's pretty much his whole performance. Um, and then he says to Claire, are you trying to be the richest, prettiest old maid in this county? So uh, he's just out of the hospital. He's already starting on her. Jody is nervous about how he has kept the businesses running these five months that um, Daddy, Papa has been in the... Is it Papa? Do they call him Papa? I forget what they call him, but there was a, a great part. Um, It was a great line by Clara when he comes home and he... Oh, he, oh well, it's in my battery heatables, this part. I'll get to later. He greets Eula and then he's going in on oh, her. Yeah. He sees the daughter and it was something to the effect of Claire says... uh. Oh, I'll I'll wait, cause she okay. knew that 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 everyone was gonna get their turn to be reamed by him. Yes, and so in the, in that line, you knew that she knew that you know it was gonna be her turn. She was gonna be fine with it because she knew how the game was. 
Right. I just instantly liked her character then. Just in how she delivered that line, I was like, oh, snap. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Woodward. She had been in, uh, uh uh-uh. Papa had been in the hospital and they cut out every organ they could find, he says. Obviously, he has cancer running through him. Oh, really? Uh-huh. I, um, I would have thought I, he would have been smaller then. You would think. Does it, it seemed to not be affecting his thyroid, I guess. <laughs> Jody is upset because... In front of Jody's wife, the father had said disparaging things. Jody has problems with his father figure. Jody reminded me of the guy from, that played the that played Sylvester in "It's a Mad, 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 Mad World." Yeah, I just very was much. just <laughs> except yeah. instead of it being his mama, it was he had dad issues. Yeah, he would love much. Ed Astra. Jody would be like this. He would just be crying the entire film. <laughs> this is my life. Okay, well, he Jody is proud of himself that he rented off that tenant farm. He rented it out to Ben Quick. And the father goes, you knucklehead. That's the barn burner. Yeah, he's like, don't you, don't you keep up with any of the news and the gossip? You just rented out to this barn burner, and he's going to... Hey, great, we're being held hostage now, you yeah. numbskull. Ashes, char, and flame follow that man. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Ben has a bit of a reputation. <laughs> and Jody goes, I never do anything right. I know how it feels, Jody. <laughs> well. I wouldn't align yourself up with Jody in this film. Yeah. At this point, Jody says, I was dry the whole time you were gone. And I thought, oh, Jody had quit drinking. And then he goes, now I'm sweating. I'm sweating everywhere. <laughs> so much like Eric, Jody's sweating a lot when Paul's around. <laughs> it's not just when Paul's around. I, I'm either freezing or I'm sweating. I, got, I had a bead of sweat right now. In my knee crease. Oh, oh man. Okay. So Varner gets in his Jeep and he drives up to see Ben. And Ben is digging uh, post holes, holes for a fence. Is he ever? Is he ever? Oh, 33 was very good. It's like, damn, Paul. 33 looks good on you, Paul. Ooh, wow. And I believe he has his shirt off. He's no, he's wearing a white. What are they called now? A a frame tank tops. I believe they're called white. Pants. You're not. They're not anymore, though, Ma. They are not well, in two thousand nine. They were. Oh, rewind in two thousand fifteen. He was wearing a white beater. Okay. Fast forward. We're back in two thousand nineteen. You look good in it. So, um, oh, so, so he's, uh, Papa's saying, you know, all this about, uh, I know you're a barn burner and he's going on and on. And, and Ben Quick, Paul Newman says, you scared of me? Cause, uh, um, and, and the daddy goes, you have a reputation for being a dangerous man. And, 
um, Paul Newman goes, well, you're a dangerous man too. And, and Pa, pa goes, you're a young dangerous man. I'm an old dangerous man. I own everything in this town. Um, if anything in this town catches on fire, you're going to jail. And so Paul says, Oh, he, he says, and you're going to jail and there's no such thing as habeas corpus here, which nerd alert. I didn't look it up, but off my dome, I believe habeas corpus ensures a fast in trial. Like you oh, have the right to a speedy trial. trial. Yeah. yeah. Well, Good on that. And Paul goes, then you ought to write a fire insurance policy, giving me a job with a white shirt, a black tie, and three squares a day. Ooh, he's good. Which I thought was genius. I did too. The gumption on this man. Well, um, Mr. Varner has some horses that he needs to get rid of. He needs sold. And if Ben Quick can sell those horses, then he will give him a job where he wears a white shirt, a tie, and gets three squares a day. Okay. So now Claire is on a lawn with Alan. Alan is sitting in a chaise lounge with a blanket over his feet in a full suit. I thought this was the long, hot summer, Alan. So... Obviously, he's a sickly man. Well, be, Agnes isn't, is, no. Yes, Agnes is Alan's sister. Oh. Right? Yeah. And because yeah. she, when they're having that conversation on the porch, she mentions how uh, her brother has been sick, but he still wants to see uh, what's-her-face, Claire. Claire. Because they're they're an item. It's been a they're an item. They've been seeing each other for a while. That comes, but yeah, they're like they're like an item in that old timey like Pride and Prejudice kind of itemy way. Right. I mean, they have been seen together at functions. Yeah, they've <laughs> yeah they they've been in the same vicinity, unaccompanied, standing within three feet of each other. So they're an item. Yeah, there, there's more. Um, so, um, Alan has a really nice, has some really nice land, a really nice house. He lives with his mother and his sister. Well, he, Alan comes from that old South blue blood. Oh. Yeah. Because so, there was that in the movie because Alan is, you know... His, they were there, his people. You know what they I mean. They were part of that. They were part of the war between the states. Well, not just that, but they they've been they've been there for over two hundred years. Mm-hmm. So you know, like up north, how people say my family came over in the Mayflower. Mm-hmm. Like Alan's family came over in the Mayflower and quickly went south, and then like they've been there. They they may they might have had the idea of why don't you bring those men here to work my field? I'm Surely not saying there's it. a better way than us working doing this work. I'm just I I don't I don't have any evidence to back up that I'm saying that Alan's family invented slavery, but 
I'm reading between the lines here. Ouch, people. <laughs> okay. Well, um, Alan is a very refined man, and um, he is... Claire is talking about her father and he's saying how everything that her father has. And she says, my father is envious of you because he is a, a status symbol above her father. Her father wanted to be the highest status symbol in the county. And right. Alan is above that because he's his family's been there the longest. Right. Um, and she says, I want you to get well and I want you to come call on me. And she, she kisses him. No, she kisses him. Then the mother comes down and says, he's been between 100 and 103 temperature all day. Um, it's well past his nap, nap time, so you need to leave. And she puts the blanket on him. Yeah, but I'm like, she didn't notice he's wearing an ascot. Well, th yeah, there's, there's more. Okay, next we are at um, stables, and we have all these horses in the middle of this pen, and uh, Ben Quick is selling these horses to these farmers. Well, the, the rub the is, is that these horses are wild horses. They right. have not been tamed. And they so, have not been broke yet. Yeah, that's why uh, Will needs them. Like, that's, that's why this is a job. Because he, I think he kind of got duped into buying these. Probably Jody probably Jody bought them. probably did. And they're, they're wild horses, haven't been broke yet. So no one wants to buy them because it takes a lot of work to buy. It's, it's in the 30s. They don't need to be breaking their own horses now. It's part of their modern 30 convenience. You buy a horse that's already been broken. So Will has, or Ben Quick has to. Think quick on his feet and uh, do a little short con on the townspeople. And he does it beautifully. I, I mean, mean, everybody is throwing money at him for these horses. Because he gets up there and uh. he's Paul. He's got a pace, face of Paul Newman. He could sell sand to a person who is always surrounded by sand. Well done, my daughter. <laughs> Well done. I'm like, oh, the time machine, it charged down. I don't have enough time to plug it back in to go back. <laughs> well, it's worth seeing the movie just to watch him do this. Um, So Ben had, had said to Will Varner, these horses are straight out of hell. But he sells them all. So this is what Ben does. He sells them all. They give him his money. He goes, okay, now. You guys go get your ropes and you go in there and you, you know, put the rope around the horse that you bought and you take it home. Well, as soon as they open the gate, all the horses run away. I think, and I would have to go back on a rewatch, so do not quote me on this or fact check me because I could be wrong. I could be mistaken. There are a lot of black people in the background of this. Yes. I don't think any of the black people bought any of these horses. They didn't because they didn't have the money to buy any of the horses. True. Institutional racism saved them from this con. From this con. Or exactly. you could look at it a different way and say 
look at these white people about to get fleeced. Yeah, probably. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. So while this is going on, um, Will goes over to see Minnie and they have a beer together and Minnie is pretty much telling Will she wants to get married. Okay, so... Well, I mean, yeah, but also she's telling him while saying, I, why am I making you... Why am I slaving over making you corned beef? And, you know, he's like, but I love corned beef. And she's like, I, I know. I'm really good at making corned beef, and I made it. Why? Why am I going to all of this trouble? Hmm... Well, evidently Claire is in town and she must go up to Ben because they're like magnets. They can't stay away from each other. And Claire, he I guess he's asking Claire to spend some time with him or something. Well, and he Claire, likes Claire. He likes Claire. Well, lot. I think he likes a challenge. Well, and she's not falling at his feet like any other human I mean, being would be looking at him he that's the thing so you have the character of ben quick on the screenplay the writers coming up with ben quick coming up with all of his motivations and everything now when they're writing this were they like ah oh, ben quick he's good looking and handsome so that they wrote into his character you know because people who are good looking get treated differently than people who are not good looking. Right. And people who are super good looking live on an entirely different planet than the rest of us. Yeah. So I, I, I've been told. Paul Newman, as okay, Ben Quick looks like Paul Newman, which means he looks better than everyone on the planet. Yeah. And he's lived that life, which means all he has to do for any woman pretty much is just smile and say a few lines and he's got them yeah but this woman who is smart you know she's not dumb she's got a brain she's got a fiery personality she's educated she's got her own job she comes from money she's got everything and she's not giving him the time of day so that so that's why he's like, wait, what? So he does have a line where he says, "A lot of women say no when they mean yes." Oh, that yeah. goes on the not good. That's reheatable. on the bad reheatable. That's not a line that aged well. No, that's that's before me too. That's that's Paul. You don't need to be that rapey. Like, oh. look at you. Okay, well, um, we're back to Minnie and Will, and Minnie says, kiss me, and kiss me in front of all these people. It's been 10 years we've been together. You sneak up my back stairs. You don't let these people know that we have a relationship. And Minnie, darn it, she wants matrimonial plans. And he says, I'm 61 years old. And she says, you're not too old she would know well okay please ben has sold all the horses so 
Oh, um, it's the hold out that challenges me, Miss Clara. Ben says that to Miss Clara. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, oh, so one horse goes into Minnie's boarding house. And, <laughs> and then one of the men who bought the horses that all ran away says, a con man sells my crooked shit. Okay. Uh, that, I don't know. Why Great note. Will takes Ben to an old rundown house, but it looked like it was a prominent house at one time. It's not as big as the plantation house, but it still it had columns. It looked like it was nice at one time. Mm -hmm. And he says, I like your brass. And, you know, if you keep doing well for me, I might make this place a present for you. Because Ben's going, <laughs> oh, wow, okay. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, I sold all the horses and I've done what you wanted and I'm, I'm waiting for, you know, some return on my investment. And he's like, I don't, I don't care about this place. He says, well, you might, cause there's, uh, it's told that there is some civil war gold hidden in the land here. Yeah. So nerd alert. They, well, it's not really a nerd alert cause I'm just talking from my head but i guess in the south when it was when it when the tide started turning and the writing was on the wall that people were like well i'll be damned and they uh took money and buried it because they're like i ain't letting grant have my money and so right. that's what he was saying was that they uh there's money. There's money buried in them there dirt. Right. Now, you come up to supper at the big house. Well, now it's dinner, and Alan is at the dinner. Alan and Claire are sitting next to each other at the dinner. And uh, Papa says to Alan, how many years you been drinking my brandy? It's been five years, right? Uh, you brightening any other parlors around here? <laughs> yeah, he goes in on him. Uh, you, uh, you still live with your mother, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, uh, of course, Clara is mortified. And, Dad. um, then, uh, Will tells Jody, Ben's going to go to work with you tomorrow. You two going to be getting the same wages. Ooh. Oh, because, uh, Jody was laughing when he was going after Alan. And now it's, oh, not so funny now, am I? So, okay, Jody apolog uh, Clara apologizes for her family, and there are <laughs> young men in the woods calling for Eula. I mean, they are catcalling outside the house for this married woman. Yeah, and the dad and the dad's just laughing. Yeah, Will's just <laughs> oh boy, and he's like, "Hey, I I was a kid once myself." And they get, and and Papa goes. They can smell her. They don't have to see her. They can smell her. So Clara yells out their names because she's the teacher. She knows their voices, so mm -hmm. she yells out their names. Um, and then she yells at Papa. They come here because they know you're gonna laugh. And then well, she they, and then he says, "That's when he says how he would did it before when he was young." She gets mad and he said, "Well, I worked on your mother." Whoa. So Clara's talking to Alan about love life, and he's just quiet. 
he uh, he, he's just not that into you yeah really he's just not that into you she he calls her a nice quiet self-contained girl (laughs) those are his love words to her you're a nice quiet self-contained girl okay well ben and will are playing blackjack and uh ben catches will dealing off the bottom so will says to ben you married and um ben's going i i live a single life well claire is on the porch she said goodbye to alan she's stewing because you know she's a quiet self-contained woman girl and so uh, ben comes out and says your friend left early and uh, she says he kissed and he left Um, and ben goes let's go have some fun let's go let's go for a ride let's go holler off a bridge let's go find a needle in a haystack um Let's get you out of character for a while, way out. Um, And she goes, I do not wish to discuss Alan with you. Uh, And he says, you saving it all for him. You got your account in the wrong bank. (laughs) And and those are true words. I was like, oh. In other words, he's just not that into you. For a very specific reason. Yeah. Well, (laughs) Will comes out onto the porch and he gets, he goes in on her again. You're 23 years old. Your mama was 18 when I married her. And she goes, this is the only conversation you ever have with me. And he says, what goes on between you and Alan? That's your business. But I'm telling you, I want some descendants. So it's going to be now. You go tell his mama to let him go. If you get a no, it's going to be Ben Quick. So uh, I want some big strapping varners. uh, And he's a big stud horse. And she goes, you're going to sell me off? You're going to give, and he says, you're going to give me grandsons. Get that ring on that finger. Okay, now we're in the big house. Jody is running to town, to the general store. I guess Jody woke up late. I think Jody, yeah, Jody woke up late. I think Jody probably tied one on because he was mad that Ben was going to be earning the same amount of money as he is. So everybody, there are a lot of people looking in the window of the Werner, Varner general store because Ben is now working there with a white shirt and a black tie. Yep. Looking at dwarves. Everybody came to look at the new man. And so there's a woman in the store, and she says to Jody that she's got no money. Her kids didn't have anything to eat yesterday. The only money they had went toward that horse that her husband never could catch. And so they're in a really bad place. And Jody says, Too bad for you. And Ben reaches into the cash register. And gives her back her $30 that her husband paid for the horse. And he's going, here's your problem, it's solved. And he says to Jody, public relations. Jody goes home and Eula's telling him to go to work. All he wants to do is have his hands all over her. And she just wishes he'd find some other form of recreation. 
she's like, I can't do my hair. I can't get my nails done. You're just, oh, just always around. So Claire is leaving for school. It's uh, of course after dark. Cause that's how late teachers work. And she's walking home and she looks in the store and there's Ben reorganizing the store. It has now been one hour. Ah. So, um, at this point, we are going to go to our POC count, and we have double digits, I believe. Well, yes, because we had Lucius, he had lines, we had the boy, there was a maid. I counted five outside the grocery store. I counted five in the background. Mm-hmm. Then I saw like three young girls and others. So I said that there was about 16 to 20 black people. I had 16 because I felt like some of the people in the crowd at the horse auction were also the ones in front of the store looking in the window. Yeah, I, th- I thought so too. But th- we only had one person that had any sort of dialogue or any name. And that was a person that in was, servitude. That was Lucius. Yeah. Right. And everyone else, like the when like the scene that we just left off on, when there was people outside, there was the black people on one side and the, the white people on the other, and they were right. looking in. And then when Will came into the store, I like all the black people just turned on their heel and like booked and walked it. Away. Like, okay. So yeah. They were there, okay. but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it was obvious what class they were in. Mm-hmm. Okay, nerd alerts. All right, nerd alerts. So this, uh, it's a Southern Gothic, which is a subgenre of Gothic fiction, and that employs macabre, ironic events to examine the values of the American South. So it's the decay of the plantation. In the post-Civil War South, um, with a focus on racism, or slavery, racism, fear of the outside world, violence, and so on. Because yeah. I've, I've heard that a lot with Faulkner and different stuff like Southern Gothic. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to know just what that was. It was shot on location. The, the director, uh, what was his name? Martin Ritt. He had been blacklisted. Yeah. And this was his return from that. And then later on, so we had mentioned it about the land and the dollar. Um, you know, Jody spins out of control. He he does a lot of foolish things. At one point, he th- he's mad at Ben, so he's going to shoot him. And Ben basically saves his own life by selling the land that was because the what's his face will gives him the land that you know the money was on and he ben basically runs a con on jody he does um so the silver dollar that when will finds out the silver dollar because he goes to jody because jody bought back the land that the house was on and stuff because he found a silver dollar. It was a bag full of silver dollars. And then they give it to Will and Will's like this. You're telling me that there's, that this is treasure from the civil war. Why was this silver dollar minted in 1910? So then you're like, Oh, but the nerd alert is that no silver dollars were minted 
between 1904 and 1921. Huh. So it couldn't have, the year on the silver dollar couldn't have been 1910. And oh. that, in that one, the very first scene where he's, ch- you know, exchanging his life, that Ben probably has a $5 gold piece. And then when Will is looking at the treasure that was found, it's definitely a silver dollar. But it couldn't have been from 1910. Right. So those are my nerd alerts. Okay. Well, now we're to reheatables. Mm-hmm. So there were... There were several that did not stand the test of time. Um, Marrying off your daughter. Yeah. And Um, at 23. Yeah. She's, yeah. The fact that they called her at 23 a spinster. um, (laughs) Well, that you call anybody a spinster, like, you reach a certain age and you're just not marriage material anymore because you have nothing to give anyone anymore. Uh, all you are is a, is a baby making machine. Um, so that was all uh, the fact that she was a school teacher, which equaled an old maid at that time. <laughs> I mean, you just say school teacher and everybody goes, okay. I thought that you would have loved it because it was Joanne Woodward and it was like, Oh, and she's a teacher. Go, girl. I, I like that she was a teacher. I like that she she even had school in the summer because most of the kids had to work in the fall for the harvest and everything. Um, I just didn't like the way that the, the term school teacher was equated with old maid or spinster. Oh. Um, uh, the, the line, women say no, but they really mean yes. Although I was... That there is a funny bit in Bill Burr's stand-up thing about it, cause he like he his thing, cause you know, so they're like, no, <laughs> no, he's talking about that. So if it's it's in that way, you're kind of like, oh, that that it, it. He's Bill Burr. He's a professional. He okay. It's worth seeing. You're like, oh, it's funny. The fact that the people of color were either in service or in a lower class from everybody else. And um, then if you're if if I'm not selling off my daughter for grandchildren, I'm going to pay money to have somebody marry her. He was going to pay Ben Quick money to marry Clara. I would just point out, though, that this is she's getting the better end of that deal. Yes. And also. Like, what exactly do you expect? How exactly do you think that this, these people and these owners of said plantations came to make their fortune? It was by selling and buying and selling humans. So it was. I'm, I'm like, you know, snake gonna be a snake, you know? That's true. Once somebody shows you who they are, yeah, I'm about um, you. This man is an owner of a plantation. You say this sounds about right. <laughs> yes, yes, I know that the Civil War is like past and stuff, but um, still, sounds about right. Okay. You know the war of northern aggression and whatnot. Yes, that's right. That's right. So your negatives. 
All right. Well, my first two were negatives, but then I was like, they kind of then straddled back around over into the positive side. <laughs> so there was the Confederate flag showing up in the background within the first three minutes of the film, mm-hmm. which I was like, son of a bitch. But then I was like, you know, as these things go, I did appreciate how it was in the background. It was just a piece of the stars and bars and it let you know where you were, but it yep. didn't hit you over the head with it. And it's not like you can ignore that that wasn't part of the past and what would have been there because Mississippi and I believe it's still a part of their state flag. So or I, I could be mistaking it with an another state of the south and if so i apologize um but so then i was like if such a thing can be tasteful it was tastefully done (laughs) (laughs) so i was like oh that's kind it's kind of a good reheatable of a bad reheatable yeah so i was like hmm interesting well if you have to say something positive about it that's what you can say yeah, it's like turning your coleslaw into sauerkraut once it's past its fresh coleslawness. <laughs> you know? Throw some vinegar in there. It's fine. Okay. Then the hitchhiking, I was like, oh man, like hitchhiking is just a bad reheatable. You don't mm-hmm. know who you're going to pick up and stuff. It's true. And especially because, I mean, you want to say, oh, but it was Paul Newman, so you would stop, but, you know. Ted Bundy. Exactly, Ted Bundy. But I do not want to disparage Paul Newman by saying that Ted Bundy was anywhere near as attractive as Paul Newman. Oh, no. But no. still, it it's that thing of just the because mentality. it's Paul Newman and he's hitchhiking doesn't mean he's not a murderer. Like right. You don't know who he is. Right. But then it goes into the good reheatable because the car passed and then it did do the screeching thing, which I thought was funny because it flipped that the whole like um, what, the cliche of the woman and she puts out her leg and stuff That's and true. the car That's stops. True. And so it was just like the woman and then they screeched and came to a halt and let the guy come in. Yes. And in the movie, they even said they even acknowledged it, and they said, well, there's two of us and one of you, which is yes. also a bad reheatable, yes. but at least they acknowledged that these are they shouldn't have done what they did, but they had right. to because it was in service of the movie. Right. Without that, he wouldn't have ever gotten to their farm. Right. Um, okay, any... Oh, I have way more. Settle in. Oh. <laughs> Var- Will Vardner, Orson Welles... Full on lip kiss when he meets, greets Lula, Ula, Eula, Eula. He was very inappropriate with his daughter in law. Yes. Very grabby, touchy feely, full kiss on the lips. Yeah. I was like, oof, that's a bit much. Oof, it would have been a bit much for Orson Welles to be kissing Lee Remick. Right. On the, on the lips. But then you have, yeah. Okay. Okay. So Orson Welles wore a prosthetic nose in this and a lot of makeup. I don't understand why 
I said, okay, was he doing brown face? Because vi- different scenes in this film, my man looked real bronzy. He was super tan in some shots of this. I don't know. Where I was like, are they, like, oh, excuse me, but he seems a lot darker than a genteel southern man would be comfortable being. Well, truth be told, there was nothing genteel about him. But no, but you know what I'm saying. In the South, they have sundown laws, and I was like, hey, man, I don't know if you can be out once the sun goes down that dark. <laughs> and you figure in the text of the story, he's just gotten out of the hospital where a lot of his innards have been taken out. He should be a pasty color. Right? So but I did he, he was very difficult to work with on this film. Oh, I have more with that. But just, I wondered if they kept dark, if it was a situation with the makeup where they just kept having to darken the makeup to make the nose fit. Like that the nose that was just baked in the sun and the nose got darker. And they're like, he, we need to go darker on his face to make it all masked <laughs> That's together. That's funny. Because that one scene toward the very end, when he was sweating profusely, you could actually see where the prosthetic nose stopped and started. Well, you could see it before. Because when I talked to Ma before I watched the film, she told me. She said, Orson Welles is wearing a fake nose. You can see it in a a bunch of different spots. Yeah. And so pretty early on, there was a one point where I totally saw it sliding off his face. (laughs) They said he sweated so much it would slide. (laughs) It would be in different places at different scenes. (laughs) So I was aware of that. What I wasn't prepared for was just the bronzer on this guy. I was like, why is he so dark? Why is he? I don't know. The film's in color. So did they not know it was in color? Did the makeup, did somebody then like get an old elbow rib nudge to the makeup guy and go, you know, we are shooting this in color, right? And he was like, I don't know. (laughs) Really? I thought I could just keep going darker and darker. It it was just going (laughs) to look, he was just going to look white. We're doing color on this? Pretty soon we're going to call him Lucius. I know. All right. Um, and then Orson Welles' character. So, like, as we mentioned, Jody, Jody just spins out. At one point, Lucius is in looking at a newborn horse. I don't know what newborn horses are. Colts? Yes. Foles. Um, Foles? Newborn horse. Of course. <laughs> of course. Jody comes, locks him in, sets the barn on fire. With his father in it. And you're like, wow, Jody, that was a move right there. But then Jody takes the, he saves his father. So his father comes out. His father knew that Jody set the fire. And so he has this whole speech with him like, my God, son, the fire that you showed by locking your father in a barn and setting it on fire to kill him. Wow. And then the love that you showed by saving your father. My God, you're my son again. Yeah, You're finally my son again. Wow. Because you almost killed me, but then you didn't. But then you didn't. You thought not of it. 
and I forgive you. I was like, wow, that's not how I thought that this character would react to such a threat, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> then we have the mob after said fire. So the fire happens. Picture, picture a piece of loose leaf paper. The fire happens up in the upper right-hand corner where you would put your name and stuff if you were in school, right? The name, date, and subject. That corner. Then you have, in the middle of the paper, the mob people. And everyone's running towards the smoke. And then, in the lower left-hand corner, you have the general store. So, you see where I, see the picture I painted? Yes, ma'am. So, the mob people in the middle, instead of going up north to where the fire is, they go down south, away from the fire... Because the fire that is in the top corner of our paper was set by the man at the bottom corner of the paper. <laughs> How? <laughs> and they have a rope and they're going to like lynch him for this crime because they knew, well, there's a fire. Ben Quick, he has a reputation of a barn burner. Never mind the fact that the man is wearing a pristine white shirt, is not sweating, <laughs> And has been at this shop and everyone has seen him in the grocery store this entire time. We're going to go lynch him for this fire. It made These no sense. men who bought wild horses yeah. opened the gate to put the rope around that horse they bought. So here's the thing. If you're ever in a trial, Ben Quick would be like, I want a bench jury. I do not want a jury of my peers. I know who my peers are. Based on this, they're idiots. Yes. I will take my luck with the judge. That's right. And then did the horse colt survive the fire? Because I didn't, it was laying on the ground. I don't know. I don't know about their, how far they, their legs can support them. Nobody seemed to be in an uproar no. about saving Yeah, nobody it. cared about the horses that were in the barn. Uh, I'm like, well, guys, it, the last I saw that little horse, it was laying on its side. It was not moving around. So, and, and <laughs> what's his face? Wasn't like, go, somebody drag the horse out. Cause he was in there with the horse and he was like, what a beautiful well, There were a whole creature. bunch of wild horses that they could go round up again. <laughs> I get, but this was a stud. That's why he got brought, he got summoned to see the new stud horse. Yeah. And then he was like, oh man. Yeah. He never once looked over his shoulder and was like, is, is, it, is that all right? Yeah. No, they were like, guess what we're having for dinner tonight, everyone? <laughs> we're having White Castle. <laughs> I don't know what the... <laughs> I don't know what the horse equivalent to veal is, but that's what we're eating. White Castle. Okay. Is that your ne all your negatives? Yeah, I mean, we had touched on some negatives that I just forgot to even write down. Where I was like, "Oh yeah, that's true. That was yeah. that was a bad look. That ooh, that was mm. but yeah." Well, my positives, of course, were um, just Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward, and this is where they they fell in love on this film and um, their chemistry and just. His, you know, in other films, I did not notice his mouth the way I noticed his mouth in this film. Yeah, 
These fantastic lips. I mean, I had noticed, of course, his eyes, perfect nose. But my God, those lips drew me in on this film. I was like, wow. Wow, I did too. Wow. And their first kiss. That was that was nice. That was very nice. I was like, this isn't their first kiss. And so your positives? Um, that Clara was a teacher. That made me laugh. I was like, ha, ha. <laughs> of course. Newman, when he was digging the fence post, and then later when he was completely shirtless because he was going to sleep out on the balcony. Yes. This was before men worked out. I was like, wow, he has a six pack in 1958. Yeah, before people did weights and all that, he had a natural six pack. And then Angela Lansbury, I was, I said, I thought Angela Lansbury was British, but she's American, British, and Irish. So the accent work she's doing in this. Yeah. I, I'm just, uh, I mean, between this, remember she stole Gaslight from us? Yeah. These were like Angela Lansbury, scene stealer. And then in this, she is completely won me over of believing that this woman is in love with this man. Yeah, and that is a that um, is a feat. And she just comes into these scenes and she's just I'm Angela Lansbury. This is what I do. Watch yeah. watch me act. I'm so good at acting that you're going to watch me act. You're not even going to notice that I'm acting until later when you think about it and you're like, "My god, she was acting." <laughs> and it's hard to kiss somebody whose nose is in a different place every time. And she was the same age as Paul Newman at this. She's 33 in this movie. Yeah, I find that a negative. I mean, as far as why was she cast as. Because as, her whole career, she was always cast to play people who are older than she was. Yeah. In Gaslight as well. And it was. Yeah. And this is a nerd. This is a nerd alert. I guess it's a tasty nugget that I have. I have it somewhere because Orson Welles was 20 years younger than the character he was supposed to play. Yeah. And that was also with Orson Welles' insecurities and stuff, why he chose to wear all the prosthetics and everything. Whereas Angela Lansbury, always playing somebody older than herself, she just did it without the makeup. She's just she like, guess what? Acting. I'm going to yeah. act. I'm going to change my body and my, you know, my stuff and stuff. And also my stuff and stuff. Yeah, my stuff and stuff. Actors know what I'm talking about. It's that's actually things. My stuff, and, stuff, stuff and stuff. Yeah. It it applies to suchensies. You know? The stuff and stuff and the suchensies of the such. Hello. So she it's I think Angela Lansbury is very attractive. I don't think that she's ugly, but she doesn't have the face of, like, she's not Ava Gardner, you know. She's not. A, she's not a classic Hollywood beauty. Right. She's she's very pleasant to look at, but she was also blessed with this face that you could buy her being like, oh yeah, she's twenty three, or you could yeah. also buy her as like, oh yeah, she's forty. Yeah. And not saying that she has this like. She just has this face where it just it's it could be anything. It could be any yeah. range. She's she's 
she's damn near. Maybe it's an Angela thing. It's like Angela Bassett. Yeah. She can she can fade into the background if she needs to. She can come to the forefront if she needs to. Yeah, um, she's just like, what does this scene need? Does it? Oh, this scene just needs me to lay back in the cut and just be solid. Got it. Oh, this scene needs me to just take it over, and the movie needs me to to give it a little bit of jolt. Got it. Wow. You know what's gonna happen? I'm gonna end up getting into murder. She wrote. Uh oh. <laughs> I, I can see that being a scenario where you I know, start I, working I have, out, I, and I'm watching. I never murder, really she watched wrote. murder. She wrote. Hmm. I feel like, like huh. that's where it's it's headed for me. That I'm gonna be like, hmm. I'm on this Angela Lansbury kick, and I'm just gonna be like, my God, Jessica Fletcher, look what Lansbury is doing. <laughs> yeah. All right. The, I okay. already said. So then the car stopping for Newman, like I I put that. Um. I liked. Ben's con of Jody with the coins. Yeah, I thought that was I a like great readable. Anything Ben did. Yeah, but I thought that was I thought that was very smart because that uh -huh. was planning ahead. He uh -huh. knew at some point somebody was probably going to threaten his life, and he needed he needed yeah. a convincing story and a way out. So those are my reheatables. Okay, well now we're to MVP. oh, and also just the the fieriness. And nature of the Joanne Woodward. Yes. I love how she is, she's not just this weak, like, flower. Like, she's got fire to her. Oh, she's yeah. no pushover. She, she's, you know, she's not always fight. She's, she sometimes, again, she's just like, let me just see, observing, taking it all in. But she's smart. You could tell that she's smart. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, they're actors, they're acting. Sometimes there's a vapidness that you're uh -huh. like, are they only smart because they're reciting what's on the page? Or is there anything going on upstairs? With her, definitely know there's something going on upstairs. Mm -hmm. Okay, MVP. Now, I have my MVP. Uh with Paul Newman smiling at Joanne Woodward at the end of the film. Oh. But also the very first in the in the the makeshift courtroom, he has a hat over his face as he's being judged. And just when he pushes that hat up and you see that face. That's an MVP. Yeah. Yep. Well, I have a runner-up. My runner-up of MVP of this is Paul Newman's lips. Yes. I was just like, wow. Those was this fantastic. the first time you really noticed them as much as... I had noticed them. That was what drew me to old... to Not old Paul Newman, but like young Paul Newman. Yeah. Which is the older Paul Newman now. You know what I'm saying. Was his lips... Just the, the, like I had noticed them before, cat on a hot tin roof and stuff. But he was really working it in this movie. Those lips were working mm -hmm. it in this movie. But it's cool. not the MVP to me of this film. Okay. My MVP, you know, sometimes I like to zig and zag on my MVPs. 
sometimes my MVPs are the things that make me laugh the hardest or that I enjoy the most that other people won't. My MVP, it is it does have to do with Paul Newman. It has to do with the ingenuity of Ben Quick and where his head is at. How I'm like, this guy, he's going places. It's very quick scene. But he's in the store. And he's rearranging the store. And what is he rearranging the store to do? He's rearranging the store because it's summertime. And he wants to put the cotton dresses in the front. <laughs> I was like, my man. He was like, cotton dresses go in the front. I was like, there you go. That's the MVP. He knows <laughs> cotton dresses. <laughs> because it's a breathable fabric. Cotton. They haven't come up with dry fit yet. Oh. All these moisture wicking fibers. They haven't come up with that. It's cotton. I still go with cotton. But she, go with cotton. She's a snob, people. She, I'm 100% cotton She'll snob. look at things and be like, is it 100% cotton? Okay. I'm like, no, it's not. No. I might take, uh, in my pants, I like a 2% spandex as well. <laughs> 98% cotton. But it's true. I have been a, a cotton snob my entire my entire adult life. This is us Christmas shopping. I think Ma would like that. Check the label. Is it 100% cotton? It's not. Nope. Put it back. She's not going to like says it. that? You're the only one that kept that in mind. Because I've been out with you so many times where I'm like, look, Ma, this is cool. And you're like. How many like cool sweatshirts have I given? Because I, I like the athletic, the moisture wicking, and she looks at the label, never wears it. Why? It's not 100% cotton. Not 100% Meanwhile, me, who sweats, my dermatologist was like, yeah, when you, the amount that you sweat, when you wear cotton, you're, the 100% cotton turns to razor blades on your skin. So I was like, well, thank you, doctor, for that. That bit of information. <laughs> I tried to pass to that on, up. but she's like, I don't sweat. So they're not razor blades to me. Exactly. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, there you go. Cotton dresses. Cotton up dresses. Front. Hey, those cotton dresses up front got him his first kiss. Exactly. That's why it's the MVP. Because she went, <laughs> he knows. He knows about cotton. He knows about cotton. Oh, that's perfect. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Recasting. I only did one. I have two. Okay, go ahead. Okay, I'm going to go first with my just recasting uh, regular. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I did Ben, Clara, Will, Eula, Jody, and Alan. So did I. Oh, it's amazing. We do not talk about these things. But I only have the one cast. Okay, so my first cast, I'm going to start with Alan. Mm-hmm. And and we, it's never, um, it, of course, 1958, it's never said, but we all know that Alan is. <gasps> I forgot something of my battery heatables. Okay. Or I forgot. Yeah. Sorry, Ma. You reminded me. Go ahead. It had to do with Alan. Okay. 
like basically like what you're saying, it's deeply implied that Alan is a homosexual. Alan is Alan prefers the boys. Right. But I also believe that Alan's mother is Munchausen by proxy. <gasps> Good point. I was like, you know what? Because at first I was like, is this my my Munchausen by proxy went off when I saw him under a blanket outside. I said, this is Munchausen by proxy. And then and then I noticed the ascot and I was like, oh, no, maybe not. Maybe he's just gay. But then I was like, no, no. Two things can be true. Exactly. He can be gay and also be a victim of Munchausen by proxy. Wow, good point. That's my call. That I just that's the wow. whole Alan thing. Is that his mom is poisoning him. Wow. Boom. Well done. Mm-hmm. Well, now, um, I believe that was Richard Dean Anderson playing Alan. It was not Richard Dean Anderson. Richard Anderson? Yes. Okay. So as we know. An actor is an actor is an actor, and therefore they can play, if they are a gay person, they could play a straight person. And if they're such a straight person, they could play a gay person. And such and sees. Right. So my Alan for this cast is James Franco. Yes, I could see that. My Jody, Ryan Gosling. As Jody? Yes. Okay. okay. He'd have to work his ass off to be a sniveling. Yeah, but you know the hard thing about this is that this mo- these are all people who are like they're they're supposed to be young. And that's that's the not tragedy because that's a bit much, but that's sort of the unintended consequences of all these comic book movies. That we really don't have a crop of young up and coming. It was hard. Yeah. yeah. I felt like he was, is he not in his 30s? Ryan Gosling? Ryan Gosling's like pushing 40. Okay. Um, okay, so my Eula is Elle Fanny. Oh, that's good. Oh, stay with me here. My will is Jack Nicholson. Yeah, that's good. That's that's really good. My Clara is Dakota Fanny. That's that's good. I haven't seen enough of Dakota Fanny to make me sign off on like yes. Okay, you know. Because there needs to be a, a fi- like, you know, this is Clara as played by Joanne Woodward. Well, that's the thing. You cannot have, an, have another Paul Newman, Joanne Woodward. Well, we don't. I know, but but I feel that you that you have to come the closest to the essence. And so I'm looking for that fieriness. Oh, I think she has it. Okay. I don't know. I haven't. That's why I'm saying I haven't seen the fieriness. I'm not saying that she doesn't have it. Okay. I think especially with her sister and she can outshine her sister in this. Wait, who are we saying? A Dakota Fanning was Clara. Elle Fanning was Eula. I was 
thinking of Melanie Griffin's daughter. No, no, no. You were thinking of Dakota Johnson. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh Elle yeah, no. Fanning. Yeah, yes. Dakota. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I okay. got. Yes. Yeah. You're See, right. Dakota Fanning could totally do that. Yeah. Okay. I understand the Dakota issue. Now, my Ben is going to be a little older, but we don't we don't have a thirty three year old Paul. It's hard. Uh, until we get to my new cast, uh, Chris Pine. Yeah, I was going. I forgot about him because I that's who I was going to cast when I was thinking about it um, yesterday, but I forgot. I completely forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. I want you to know I had to Google white actors under 40, and they are very generous with the under 40 part. Yeah. But, okay, so that's that one. Then I have a black cast. You want you want to do yours and then me do my black cast? No, I or want you, you want to do me? the black cast. Okay. I'm going to start with Alan, <laughs> and, and I'm going to go with um, Shamar Moore. I say yes to anything that Shamar Moore is in. I know he is gorgeous. He's very gorgeous. Um, it would be and, funny to see him in an ascot and just laying in a lounge chair and having like not being interested in women at all. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Well, we'll see if he could do it. <laughs> My Jody is Anthony Mackie. Yeah, I that would be a good one. He's good. My Eula is Zazie Beats. Yeah, that's good. She's a good Eula. My Will is Mr. Samuel L. Jackson. Ooh, that is an intimidating There Will. would be some motherfuckers in there. Wow. You, you are Poppy? 23 years old! You know, you know, Poppy found out that Alexa can be Samuel Jackson's voice? No. Yeah. How yeah. did he find that out? Oh, I don't. He hasn't done it yet, but he read. Well, he read it on Facebook, so I don't know. <laughs> Great. You've been hacked by the Russians now. Congratulations. Hey, yeah, my Clara. I have Thandie Newton. How old is she? She's over 40, but black don't crack, so... Black don't crack. She can be intense. She would be a really good... Because I anytime I think of her, I think of Beloved. <laughs> B oh, that is that was her. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, she can be very intense and fiery. Now, I know that you think my Ben is going to be Idris because, you know, like he is the black Paul Newman. But, but I had to have a younger dude. Yeah, because he's like pushing 50 or something. Yeah. So I went with my younger black Paul Newman, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan and Thandie Newton. <laughs> well, yeah, I like it. <laughs> uh, now part of this is i'm trying to give 
I'm trying to get give more people opportunities instead of staying the in same my, old, same old, the same to, people. So over maybe, and over maybe and over. a Zoe Zaldana for Clara. I don't want to take the part away from Thandie Newton. I think that she would be fantastic in it, but I'm just tr also trying to throw out some other names. Yeah. Oh. Um, and I was thinking of, of, um, oh shoot. This is what happened to it. I know. I was, I was thinking of, of somebody else. And then you're trying to think of like younger people who, but then, yeah. and then, but then you also have to think of like when you're doing like the black cast, it also color also comes into a colorism. And you're like, well, you don't want like the lead female to always be light skinned. So then it's like, well, who's young? Because and when you go on Google and Google black actors and actresses, it comes up mixed. All of a sudden, you have your own category now. Or yeah. light skinned, or yeah, it's like so you have to be like, all right, well then, then you're like, all right, Lupita Nyong'o, but then it's like, wait, let's branch I, it out a little bit. Who exactly else besides I was Lupita Nyong'o? She was top of my list, but I always go to her. Yeah, and it's like but, I'm her trying. Her Regina's. Yeah, and I'm trying. Like I don't always want to to be and the light skinned i also want to branch out into to dark skin get some representation but then it's like but who who else is out there and there are people whose pictures come up i have no idea who they are i haven't seen them in anything so i can't go just based on their picture mm -hmm. so i'm like well i guess i gotta watch this so that next time i can throw them in the, the i know i want to throw them in the mix so I like Zazzy Beats. Maybe Zazzy Beats could be Clara and Oh, we also need to throw in Ruth Nega into the mix. Oh, I do love me some Ruth Nega. So but then that's she's more on the lighter side. So we really need to we need to bone up on our younger dark skinned actresses. We, well, we need to bone up on, on our people of color. Cause you know, my people of color cast doesn't have to be just black. It can be Latina. It can be. Then I thought. Oh, we've Asian never done cast. an Asian cast. Yeah, but I didn't have time to do that today because yeah. I went to see um, Hustlers today, and Constance Wu was amazing. And I thought an Asian cast, but but who? So, it's like oh, right, Constance Wu, Henry Golding. And is that the guy from? Ben? Uh, He's the guy that was in um, Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, yeah. So he's the Paul Newman of Asians. So, but that just kind of shows the, and that's why we do this because it shows the deficiency in movies. When was the mm -hmm. last time in our POC count that we had any Hispanics or Asian people in yeah. it? Yeah, which is really just wow. Just think about that. I mean, because we're just we're it's like all right, well, we're picking classic movies. And yes. so in order for that to happen, it's like, well, I have to go and pick an, a specifically Asian movie, but I'm picking like American movies. Right. But American movies are white, like classic American movies. Right. Because even when I do this recasting, a lot of times people don't know who's Zazie Beats, you know, yeah. who, who is Anthony Mackie? Because it, it, it 
you don't see them in in a lot of well, stuff. Well, you see so, Anthony, you see them in a lot of stuff, but you don't you know don't their realize names who they are, right? Because they're in like Zazie Beats is in Deadpool, and Deadpool has done phenomenal box office. Right. Anthony Mackie is in the Avengers movies. Right. Phenomenal box office, but we don't know his name, but we know we know Captain America, Chris Evans, and you know him when you see him on screen, but. I, you I know who our, people know our, who Don Cheadle is and Samuel L. Jackson, but that's because right. they've put in like thirty years of work. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, Don Cheadle could have been Will. <laughs> yeah, there would be some motherfuckers in there. There would be. I like that. So, all right, I'm ready for your cast. All right. Well, also though. I'm getting I'm going to get more black actor cast because I've been watching the Wu-Tang series on Hulu and I'm like there are some phenomenal young black male actors. So everyone needs to catch up to me cuz I'll have to there go and go. find their names and be like here we go. Gauntlet has been thrown. What Oh, throne. Okay. All right. I don't. My, know, I didn't know if you lifted the gauntlet or. Wait, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Gauntlets. What are they? All right. My cat. So for <laughs> Alan, I cast walls watching the movie. I'm like, well, Alan is Will Forte. <laughs> Just, there we go. <laughs> and Eula also was, but I hate to say this because I don't like how it sounds, but. We are casting a film. It's the same that we've been discussing because I think that this actress is probably aged out of this role. But when I was watching Lee Remick, I was like, wow, she reminds me a lot of Anna Paquin. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, ah. but at this point, we probably need to go younger. But I'm like, again, yeah, I'm, I'm stuck because who who are the youngins, you know? Yeah. Jody, I was able to find a Jody. Okay. Tom Felton. It was like, who's Tom Felton? Yeah, but I know the name. Yeah, you know why? Because he was Draco Malfoy. <gasps> yeah. Mm hmm. He would be good. Will, I hate to spoil this for anybody, but. This whole movie is already on HBO every Sunday night. It's called Succession. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> so Will is Brian Cox because yeah, Succession. That's just him. He he yeah. would probably decline it because he'd be like, "I'm doing this already." Yeah, but he wouldn't have to have a fake nose. Nope. But nails it. Um. So Clara, again. Probably a little, I, I don't know, probably on the cusp, but maybe not. But I, I'm going with the fire. I needed the young fire, and I needed to believe that young fire. Okay. Jennifer Lawrence. I almost did her because I haven't done her mm -hmm. in forever. I was like, yeah. I was like, who is, who I agree. is, who is the Joanne Woodward now? Yeah, you're right. Who's got that fire? Definitely. Where you know that, like, well, they are intelligent and they are formidable. Mm -hmm. She's somebody else who can play somebody older, somebody younger. Mm -hmm. I believe it, too. 
Mm -hmm. I was like, that would be good. Jennifer. Okay, I'm ready for Ben. All right. Well, Ben, I was going to, at first, I was like Ryan Gosling. But then it was like, but he's old. Yeah. I want to get someone younger, though. And so then I was thinking about it because I was like, well, my MVP, my co-MVP was Paul Newman's lips. So we got to have somebody who has nice lips. Okay. Who's on the younger side. It's not me. So I went with somebody that probably not a lot of people will know, but you're going to know because you've seen two of the shows that this guy has been in. So you can fill everyone in. His name is Finn Cole. He's in Animal Kingdom and in Peaky Blinders. Which one is he in Animal Kingdom and Peaky Blinders? He's the young one. <gasps> Wait, is he? He's not Tommy. Oh, no, yes. He's yes, Jay. Yes, Michael. Michael. No, well, I don't know what his character is in Peaky Blinders, but Michael. he's the young one. And then in Animal Kingdom, he's Jay. Yes. So I'm like, all right. Oh, okay. Good job going for the young people. I had to Google it, and then I'm like, who? I at least need you to kind of have seen something that this person has been in. You know, because I'm looking well, at pictures. That can be difficult. Exactly. And I'm like, oh, Ma's watched Peaky Blinders in Animal Kingdom. She knows who he is. Okay, well, that's, that, it just... That's a, that's, that's a tough one on Hollywood, though. What are you doing? Where's yeah. the... Because then, oh, I wanted to ask you about this. You saw the goldfinch. Yes. So what What about Ansel oh, Edgort, whatever his name mm -hmm. is? Is he a good mm -hmm. actor? Yes, but he's not a Paul Newman. Mm. He's a good actor. He's a solid actor. I um, What I've heard is he acts when he wants to, which is kind of a like a Miles Davis thing, you know, um, kind of vibe. But, yeah, he's a good actor, but he doesn't have that charisma of, Nobody does. I mean, it just shows you can't recast a Paul Newman, Joanne Woodward right now. But I know, but right now, but if you were, if this was 20 years ago, though, we would, we had Brad Pitt, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, wow, this Brad Pitt, like he's got charisma. Yeah. You know? I mean, Thelma and Louise, that tiny little part. Like he, the, who is this guy? And we yeah. don't have any of these, like, whoa. Who is this guy? Yeah. But maybe we maybe we do, but we just aren't because the guy that won the Emmy for um when they see us, he's yes. fantastic. So why yes. isn't he? I hope that he gets the same it's not going. But I, I if the world was a just and fair place, that guy would get the chances of like a Brad Pitt. Or he at least the chances that Ansel's getting, and right. my, the Miles Tellers and stuff are getting, right? Because that guy has got something, <clears throat> and you you watch that oh, and you're like, yeah. who's this guy? Wow, yeah. this is charisma. And there's a bunch of people on that that Hulu thing, the Wu Tang thing, where it's like, wow, this guy's like, who's he? So I hope that they get opportunities so that they get to become the brad pitts where you're like yeah he just has this charisma and stuff he's, this is a movie star we don't really have any movie stars the only movie we have brad pitt and he's in he's 50 yeah we have j-lo she's 50 
Where are our movie stars? Because I, I, I feel like the movies aren't, I mean, you can't keep remaking stuff from the seventies, you know, we need some new, we need some script writers, Aaron. Well, there are script writers. It's that it's just, it's money that all the guys are, are Will Varners, you know, they're plantation owners and stuff where what's going to make me money. Yeah. You know, that stuff isn't going to, how, what is Ed Ad Astra doing at the box? Are people going to see it? No, everybody's going to see Downton Abbey. Yeah, which was a TV show. Mm-hmm. So. And, and, and Downton Abbey was like two episodes of the TV show. Mm-hmm. It was, it was great. It was fun. I love going back there. But somebody said to me, if you could go back in time, what time period would you go to? I said a time uh, when it was legal for me to be with my husband. I said, I'm going to stick with now because in my situation, uh, I can't go uh, back very far. Anything after 1967. Uh, <laughs> Just... And even still then. So anyway. Okay. So we have been on a soapbox, but it does show we do need some. So we're trying to broaden horizons here with our recasting. I think a lot of our recasting, we're going to start dipping more and more into, you know, streaming and television shows. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just like, oh, man, this person is great. All right. And then, of course, I go to (laughs) black actors under 30, black actors under 40. But, you know, are they on Google? So I like um, the guy from when they see us, it wasn't even on Google yet. So Yo, Google, what are you doing? Yeah, it, exactly. Okay. We got to move on to tasty nuggets. Oh, look at you being a host. I'm, I'm trying. All right. Okay. So I have Joanne Woodward got pregnant during this movie. Unfortunate, and they got married. Wait for it. I have this one month after the production stopped. They got married on their honeymoon. She miscarried that child, which is heartbreaking. Um, Martin Ritt, the director, is known as the man who tamed Orson Welles. Do you know how he did it? I do, but you go ahead and tell it. Well, there are two stories. So one was that because they, like we said, they were shooting on location. It was September. It was the weather was not cooperating. Once they had the weather was clear, they could shoot. They were going to shoot a scene with Orson Welles, but he wasn't ready. He was reading a Spanish newspaper. So Martin Ritt was like, all right, on to the next scene. We're going to skip it. And that that didn't go well. Like Orson Welles felt, um, like, oh, what is that? Like, oh, you know, he, he, he felt, um, his ego was diminished. And Ah. then I also heard a story that Martin Ritt drove him out to the middle of a swamp in Louisiana, told him to get out and find his way back. Because Orson Welles. He was working with young actors from the actor's studio mm-hmm. who are... Um, well, 
Rit was the teaching assistant to Ilya Kazan at the actor studio. Right, right. So that's how he met Paul Newman, Joanne Woodward, Lee Remick, and the guy that played Jody. So Orson Welles, I believe, felt like he was above all these people. He was old school. These are the new people coming in. Well, he felt threatened. um, Yeah, but he made it look like he was, I'm the be-all of this, and you need to bow down to me. But he was actually in debt of $150,000 tax debt. Mm -hmm. That's why he had agreed to do this movie. And they said he mumbled a lot of his lines because he was making fun of um, the actor's studio. and Like Brando and stuff? Yeah. And so he was being a twit. Oh, he, he was, was he was he was arguing about his placement in scenes. He at one point didn't want to memorize his lines and just wanted all his lines to be dubbed after everything. Yeah, he was going around you know, honestly, he was going around being exactly who you think the guy, the young hotshot who made Citizen Kane would be. Right. Getting older, exactly. seeing all these exactly. young people come in. Yeah. He hasn't, you know, he's notorious, difficult. Angela Lansbury had a quote about saying that um, he had difficulty living in his skin. And so there are, I forget who else recently I was hearing about it with actors and stuff that they would put on. Like there are some actors that they have to, they have to do the prosthetics and all of that because it helps them act, you know? And then we were kind of getting it to it earlier where then there's some people like Angela Lansbury who it's like, yeah, I could do that. But also, how about I just change my posture? How about I just do completely different mannerisms? Right. And so then, oh, what's his face? Paul Newman, before the shooting started, he went down to Louisiana to study the accent, study the mannerisms of the young men, get what they would do with their hands and stuff. I think I think a lot of his posture, how he's always leaning and stuff, he's either doing that to accentuate his six pack, or that was something that he saw. How he would hook his thumb into the waist of his pants and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. What is that called? It's not character acting. Well, yeah, it's building. It's being physical. It's using your whole body to act. Because that wasn't. That's not at all how Roy from Slapshot walked around exactly exactly so you have others um so so he was being a real jerk anyway um 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 um, um, so that's why martin rick and i heard he dropped him off in the swamp and made him find his way back Mm -hmm. yeah um i had his fake nose and then orson wells later sent him a letter of apology and and then Martin Root was like, well, I mean, yeah, they, like that's cool. Because he is like fucking Orson Welles. So. He is, yeah. It's like, I'm Rick James, bitch. Yeah, yeah, I'm Orson Welles, bitch. But the fact that he sent him a letter of, of apology, that's huge. Mm-hmm. So those were my tasty nuggets. Um, I have the, it was the character, Orson Welles' character was inspired by Big Daddy Paulette from the Tennessee Williams play. Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Yeah, I heard that he always wanted to play a big daddy role. Which Cat on a Hot Tin Roof came out later the same year as this. 
with Paul Newman. Yeah. Anyway. And that the score of this movie was heavily praised. Mm. I don't remember it, which is neither a bad thing nor a good thing. It just that, didn't it was stand the song, out right? to me. Yeah, but the whole score of it. So no, I don't remember. I'm going to put that as a positive because it just effortlessly blended in. Well, it didn't get in the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's. I think that's everything. Well, I did... I did like it. I liked Joanne Woodward's feistiness. I had seen parts of it before, and I had been disturbed by the way her father talked to her and how everything was about her getting married. But without seeing the whole thing, you don't see how she stands up for herself and comes into her own. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but watching him at the horse auction just shows his charisma. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Okay, well, next weekend is October. Are we done with Paul for the year? We are. Okay, Paul. But that means that we're going, but we're not doing one next week. So it's the next week. Right. I will be out of town next week. Which puts us solidly in October, which you know what that means. Out of my comfort zone. Well, we're not we're not big on the horror here, so it means suspense. Suspense. I can do suspense. Suspense and thriller month. Okay. This movie is an original. It was remade by one of the film greats in the early nineteen nineties. Oh shit, I'm supposed to know what that means. The original came out in 1962. Well, it's not whatever happened to baby Jane. Starring Robert Mitchum and Gregory Peck and some other people that I can't remember off the top of my head because I haven't done the particulars yet. Well, it's not North by Northwest. Nope. Gregory Peck, not Cary Grant. Uh, Easy to confuse those two. Do you give up? I could do. Cape Fear. <gasps> it was remade with Nick Nolte. Oh, no. I think it was, it was De Niro. With, uh, Robert De Niro. And Martin Scorsese. Oh. <gasps> I um, think it's scary. Well, then it's October, Ma. Which one are we doing? I told you the 1962 one. The original. <gasps> with. with Robert, Robert Mitchum, Mitchum and Gregory and Peck. Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck a la um, To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay. Oh, ah, yikes. Mm. Oh, okay, well, this is all on Wendy. <coughs> it was her idea. Why? To do scary things in October. <laughs> I don't even know. She's listened to us in a while. <gasps> okay well not next week but the next week seven the 12th october 12th ish i guess so we will be doing cape fear scare 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 well there you go <laughs> <laughs> i have it written down <laughs> 
get to do it in the scare scare voice. There you go. Oh, there you go. Bye. -bye.